This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be legends. Gonna get their attention. From 11FS, I'm Sam Mall, and this is Connection Interrupted. Connection Interrupted is a weekly show focusing on individuals across all walks of life whose plans and journeys were interrupted, disconnected, or rerouted. These are their stories told in their words of the obstacles they faced, the challenges they overcame, and the role technology played both as an instigator and as an instrument for positive growth and change in their lives. Anyone who's heard of Gary Vaynerchuk, now love him or hate him, there's no denying that he's the king of content. Under the brand Gary V, he's established himself over the past 20 years as one of the most prolific social media users on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and now Snapchat. He has literally millions of followers, they're often called Vaynerheads, who consistently consume his content and engage with Gary. He also produces a daily vlog, The Gary V Show, with the help of David Rock, or D-Rock, as he's often called out by Gary on the show, capturing and creating daily content of Gary as he manages his multiple ventures. So that's the challenge. How do you create something unique? How do you ask new questions of someone who literally digitally documents his life for his fan base? That's what we wanted to do for this episode of Connection Interrupted. We wanted to get to know Gary Vaynerchuk, not Gary V, the person not the brand. To prepare for this, I spent two weeks consuming content about Gary. He was consistently in my ear. He was on my phone. He was on my laptop. I reread his five best-selling books. I watched videos back from his early days on Wine Library when he had no idea what he was doing. I watched his first TV appearances on Conan and Ellen. And I listened to and watched multiple interviews, including his interview with Larry King and Piers Morgan. For God's sakes, I watched Piers freaking Morgan. I listened to his own podcast, The Gary V Audio Experience, and The Daily V on YouTube. Like I said, he is prolific when it comes to producing content. Based on this experience, there's one thing I can attest to and impresses me about Gary, and that's that his core message has been consistent. 20 years of a fire hose of content on all mediums, and his basic messaging remains the same. He's been tremendously focused about who he is, about what he does, and that working hard is the key, but if you're doing what you love, it doesn't feel like work. The shoes, man. Yeah. The fuck don't you have the new shoes on? Uh, you mean the green ones? Yeah, what, yeah, what do you, these are, the, they're the black ones. This is the whole oh, okay. twos. there you go. Yeah, they, they launched together. I had so. a great opening, yes. and I'm skipping all that because I gotta go right to the shoes. Let's go. Because the kicks are killing me, man. That's gotta be wild. Yeah, it, it's super wild. I mean, the thought that I have a sneaker with my signature on it. And, and you don't play a fucking sport? Is well, completely ludicrous. Isn't that nuts? But, but it's but your no, on message. No more ludicrous than an athlete having their name on a shoe in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. That's not what we did in the 50s and 60s. So for me, for me, um, anytime new things happen, I, I take both the path of like humility and the confidence of like what I'm up to. It, it's all about attention and what people deem as uh, something that inspires them or gets them going. And I think it's a hell of a lot more practical to have an entrepreneur on your on your sneakers and you go out and build an entrepreneurial career than to have a basketball player where there's only 400 of them. So in a weird way, I think it's actually more practical. I don't, I'm trying to think if anybody's done it before. I don't think so. 
I can't think of anybody. No, it doesn't seem like it, which is really fun because I think more people will. Like my big hope is that like it now it becomes something people do, and um, and then clearly that uh, is a, a is a fun thing to look back. It's always fun to be first in something. Um, and so it's really cool, man. I mean, the best part was the decision-making process. If I do it and it works, I get to look back on it in a really great way. If I do it and it doesn't work, it becomes incredible ammo for my friends and family to make fun of me. Uh, um, there'll be a lot of freaking Vaynerchuk sneakers going out at Christmas, right? Just like, You're like, hey, kids. Just like the ammo of like, remember when you were douchey yeah, enough yeah. to think you could have a sneaker? I thought was a good risk reward for my uh, friends and family to have on me. Best uh, sneakers when you were growing up, what was your favorite pair? Ewing's. Really? I was really a New Yorker. I'm a huge Knicks fan and, uh, and I hated Michael Jordan. I've never owned a pair of Jordans in my life. And uh, the Ewings came out, the Adidas Ewings, and I rocked them heavy. Yeah, Nike Air Force Ones, 82. That would be those me. Those rad. And Adidas Sambas, because I played soccer. So those, yes. were, those were some kick-ass Yes, those were good ones. That's when it mattered. Yeah, the shoe thing is, I was looking at the shoe out there, and I was going to make fun of you, and it's a really well-built shoe. Thank you, man. It's nice, man. The design you, man. is sweet. All right, so move past the shoe, because yes. it is incredibly cool. So you have been in my ear for two freaking weeks, man, nonstop. That's all I've been listening to. So I'm going to give you some feedback. Please. All right? 20 Please. years of content, yes. fire hose that you've put out there. Yes. Here's what I've observed over 20 years. Three things have changed about you. You got a better haircut. Your stylist has done a good job. You dress much better. Your freaking shirt on Ellen and Conan, you look like shit. That's so, so just true. helping you out. That's and so then true. the third one, you look good. You're in really good shape. Thank so you, the weight regime. Thank Those you. three different. Yes. Outside of that, the messaging, as you, as you, your sister said this, right? I've heard the bullshit before. You have been freaking consistent, man, for yeah. 20 years. I mean, uh, self audit, right? Be self aware, work your ass off. The messaging hasn't changed, yeah, at all. Even after five books, which I love that. It's not going to change. Like, I, you know, there's not that many things that are actually true. If you want to have an entrepreneurial venture or tendencies. Uh, the platforms change, the adjectives can change, the stories may evolve. The reason I write books that are pretty time-centric, um, which is not a strategy a lot of book people like, they like to write evergreen books that can be bought for a long time, I go the other way. I think it's important to write books that can maybe play for two or three years, if that. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't know what to do because I could write it all in one shot. And I've been thinking about things like talking about parenting and other sales is something I don't spend a lot of time on, which is weird for me, considering yeah. it's such a natural place for me. So I've been trying to challenge myself in the ever quest of bringing value, but you're right. And, and what's funny is, you know, what's that thing that they say, like you find the right teacher when you're, you're the right, like you're ready for it. I don't wanna, I don't wanna make up stuff for the sake of content. I watch so many people talk about shit they don't know because they want to put out a new video. Right. Um, yeah, I appreciate that, and that's right. I mean, I don't think, I don't, I think that's, you know, somebody's gonna be sitting here and I'm gonna be 93 and they're gonna say some, you know, instead of 20 or 10, they're gonna say in 60 years, and I'm gonna say, yeah, and, and like long after I'm gone, you know, what's interesting is the mood of the, of the world, the political correctness of the message is intriguing to me. It's interesting to me that people I really respect are taking jabs at me publicly around talking about hard work because they think I'm talking about too much hard work. And I think that's, I under, I'm empathetic. Yeah, I just caveat those comments What's constantly. That? You caveat those comments. You say, look, this is what I do. A lot of people don't spend two weeks consuming my stuff. So they see a headline or two and they're like, yo, hustle this or hustle that. I always talk about sleeping a lot, 
I always, yeah. always talk about like, if you love it, it you know, look, look, anybody here, like definitely anybody listening or watching, if you really love it, like for real, not like you're kind of saying it because you're trying to get through your life. If you really love it, it truly isn't feel like work. Like school felt like work. And that was only like nine to three with tons of breaks in between. And that was devastating. You know, um, my audiobook, reading it, I'm only halfway through. That's work. You looked like you were in hell. I was watching the video today, right? The, the it's not easy for me, walk. man. Like I don't like it. And so like I know what work, I know what not liking it feels like and what work feels like. You know, being an entrepreneur for me, running businesses, putting out content, doing my thing does not feel like work. So let's, uh, uh, one thing I found interesting, I went back, looked at your Twitter bio, looked at Instagram bio. This is consistent. You got interviewed back in 2005 and you were asked to describe yourself in three words. Do you remember what you said? No. Are you ready for this? Three words. Jets fan, family. Then you went, oh, fuck. Okay, family. <laughs> Jets fan. <laughs> that made me die laughing. But I went back and you have said family first. Yes. And I think people that don't know you and don't spend two weeks with you in your freaking ear like I have, I actually do believe you when you say that. And here's what I mean. When it comes to your family, you've talked about your dad, Sasha. You've talked about your mom. Your AJ, your brother, and your sister, um, your wife. You, you even talk about Misha in the book, which made me laugh, right? But my kids want to be a YouTube freaking star too. I love that you had that in there. Here's how I know you love your family. When you watch the video, episode 118, I've watched too much of you, with your dad. You light up when you're talking to your dad, who you also didn't really get to know until you're 14. That's right. But you light up in the room, and it's actually a very telling video you, to watch you smile when your dad starts talking. That, that's not what I think people think Gary Vee's like. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the family part of me is an interesting dynamic. I talk so much about work ethic. I mean, as you know, and you did a lot of homework, there's very little about my personal family, yeah. my wife and kids. That's something we've decided not to share um, or put them, I mean, listen, later on they can decide whatever they want, but it was not some. you know, it's funny. <laughs> We really don't share it. Like, there's very little content. There's nothing on your wife on the internet, nothing. by the way. For somebody whose life is a constant fire hose stream, there's nothing. And my little guy, Xander, is like, I think there's literally one picture. So, yeah, I mean, this is a decision we've made. We, I think we've been intuitive for uh, a while of, like, where we're going and where I'm going. And, you know, this is going to play out a certain way. And I think we've made thoughtful decisions of keeping certain things to ourselves and um, that's been our judgment, but my family is like, I mean, look, I talk a lot about work, hard work. There's not a whole lot of content coming for me on the weekends there. You know, I take four five, six, seven weeks of vacation a year. Like I'm working super hard. What I'm doing is I'm maximizing my 15 hours a day. Those during the week. But I, uh, my only kryptonite is the health of my family. I will be all time successful. Actually, that's not true. Let Go me ahead. help you out. Cause yes. I've watched too much. Your kryptonite is the Jets. Yes. Fucking Jets. I would say my, the Jets are my strength. Actually, I think the Jets is a good one. I'll You've explain. seen the last couple. Yes, yeah, I have. But like, okay. the Jets are not kryptonite. The Jets are actually probably an underlining strength of mine. That escapism that the Jets give me is an incredible balance to the intensity that I deal with. It's incredible to care about something that doesn't matter to the level that I do with the Jets that I think does balance for me. I, I mean, I, I'm so thankful to be that deeply caring about them and being in that zone during the fall and during chemo and the season. Like the NFL draft is something I, I live for. Um, um, well, even so, more now, right? Yes, now sports. With, yes we'll, much we'll get more there, now. but Yes, still. go ahead. No, I, I mean, I, I, I like that 
concept where where you talk about, for example, self auditing, right? Yes. And being self aware. Yes. Because I, I, you were talking to Joe Rogan, and you said that uh, not that you had a problem with it, but gambling was something that you just had to say, all right, screw it. I, I need to walk away from that. Yeah, I, I was in a pretty good spot. Other than like, I didn't have a lot of money, but I knew I was going to be wealthy one day. I thought I was success. I was building success. The business, wine library was getting built, yeah. but I wasn't getting a lot of it. So it was weird. I was making 70000 a year and I was willing to lose like $15,000 in Vegas. Obviously not married yet. Not married yet, which I didn't care about creating savings or create equity. It was just a game. That I liked to gamble in my early 20s. I never won. Like it was like super ridiculous. <laughs> Nobody like, freaking wins. Yeah, that, they built some nice places there. So yeah, that was easy to walk away from when I couldn't win enough to get me going. Yeah. I went because I liked the idea of like literally taking down the house. It was a fun challenge. Well, I like that. I like that concept, though. That you, again, you eat the dog food, right? You practice what you preach. Talk about self auditing, being aware. What are you good at? What are you not? The idea to work out, right? Which I did think was funny. I saw that interview, and I can't remember her name, um, where she asked you, "How's it feel?" And you go, "I feel the fucking same. I 100 percent the same." I love that because every trainer's actually. Like, Come on, you know what's funny? I'm actually a little bit chunkier than I've been in the last three or half four years because I've really found the big one, which makes me. I feel very different, actually, in the last six months. I've done incredible amounts of tissue quality work. Mm-hmm. And like, like, I don't know if you guys know this, like your brain doesn't let you, your brain avoids parts of your body that are really screwed up. I've been really fixing my back. Like I basically roll for an hour. And like my trainer literally rolls, like, and like it's been incredible. But nonetheless, yes, I don't feel this miraculous. I sleep better. I, feel, I don't feel that different. Yeah. That, that's funny to me because that's just not where I thought it would go. But yeah. you look good. I mean, I'm not kidding. Thanks. You look back at you, videos oh, yeah. 2005. Oh, another critique. Yes, sir. And not a critique. Actually, I love this. About An observation. You. Observation. When you did the Ellen show and yes. you did Conan, mm-hmm. you repeated the shtick. Mm-hmm. I've never seen you do that again. Have you? When you get talks, are you my, winging it? The I'm winging it. The opening is very similar. I'm giving my story. Yeah, there's stuff. I mean, Ellen verbatim, like that was so crazy. That was 2007, YouTube wasn't real. They put me on a real television show. Everyone's like, the whole internet was like proud of me. It was a great moment in my life, actually. Look at Roxy eating fucking cigars. Like Twitter, 2007 Twitter lost its mind. And 2007 blogs lost their mind that I was going for my YouTube show to be on Conan. So I was a very different time a decade ago. And then the Ellen producers called and said, we want that. And I was like, all right. So that was fun. yeah, I mean, look, I think I think you get into, I, I wing it. I really try to think about what the audience is caring about, but I have my beliefs. Yeah. So, you know, there'll be statements or jokes that I go to. I've, I've absolutely done that, but there's always the capability of me going into outer space or somewhere new. And there's always points that are new um, as I'm like paying attention to culture. So, yeah, I mean, I think I've, been, I've had a really good public speaking career because people like seeing me multiple times because I think I give them both. I think you like going and seeing your favorite band do their hits, and I think I give a percentage of that, 20 to 40% of the time, but I'm always in new material zone because I'm auditing what's happening in culture. And so, um, you know, Snapchat or Musical.ly or whatever may emerge in, during times, and I, I tend to do more speaking when I feel like I have more to say, or I write books when I feel like I have more to say. And so... I'm thoughtful about respecting the audience and I didn't do a lot of content or a lot of speaking in 2012, 13, 14 because I was building VaynerMedia. It was pur- purposeful, right? It was I, very, mean, I mean, sorry. everything I do is purposeful, man. Like to a level that is far further along than I think people realize. I think I'm, I think I'm pretty improv and very entrepreneurial and I think that sometimes people get confused in my showmanship 
uh, and my bravado and like some of the mix of my chemicals, but I'm, I'm way more fucking purposeful than I lead on to. You know what surprised me in the book? So yes, I've read it. <laughs> Thank the you. The, the blurb about you like Broadway. I love Broadway. Didn't freaking guess that. Yeah, at I didn't all, see man. that fucking coming either. I was like, oh, the first time, like, yeah, I wanted to go to a show and like, um, I really like it. Actually, I really like musicals. That threw me. I, yeah, I read that part. Too. You know what? Yeah. That's a that's a fair like, that would throw me too if I was consuming my content. Yeah. Now, I'm actually thrown right now. <laughs> I need, I think I need to reevaluate. <laughs> I really, I really do like them. No, I get. It. I actually get it. You talked about improv, right? Being on stage because you, you you said that's your zone, right? You get on stage and. That's I could live on stage. Yeah, we noticed. If I was if I didn't have a family, I would be living on stage, I think, right now. I really do. Meaning I would be giving I think my I think having a family has probably got an interesting parallel to running a business because I think I like it so much that I probably would have gone there and went on a two hundred two hundred fifty day tour back to back. I, I I I really like it. So let's talk about the, the companies, right? Yes. Um, it, it's impressive walking around. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. But another point you raised that I love, you started Wine Library and the success of it kicked off really after 9-11 yes. and after the dot-com crash. And then you did VaynerMedia in 2008, another shitty time. Mm-hmm. Coming out of chaos, that tends to be a theme. Uh, you know, that's been serendipitous and, I'm, and maybe it'll happen again or maybe it's happening subconsciously. Um, but my brother AJ was graduating college in 2009, that was just gonna happen. The economy kind of did its thing. And that was the that was the seed that my brother and I wanted to do something together. Um, I am a good operator. I think I can operate, I think I'm a wartime general as much as I'm a peacetime general. And I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs that aren't because they're not good enough. You know, Eric said that when we, we, were, we were asking, so we didn't want to ask the same questions you get constantly. And he said one place you should go is when he was doing wine library and working with your dad, the logistics, the operation side, people don't talk about building that business out that you actually dove, you, you were driving that with your dad, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, I mean, I would argue that AJ, James Orsini, our COO, I'm a tricky partner because I'm so operational. I'm very operational. From the day I left school in May of 1998 to this moment, I've always been the operating partner of a business. Every day. Every day. I think that gets blown by. Yeah, like, I, people get stuck look, in the noise. Look, I think people, people should, and that's life, people get caught up in sizzle over steak every day of the week. But I like that because I think I'm kind of playing to that a little bit. I think yeah. I'm forcing that narrative because I'm a fan of the reveal. Like, aha, I told you. Like, I like being underestimated. I prefer it. I, I'm i more comfortable in it. And so, you know, yeah. I mean, and ultimately, I also don't care. Like, the truth is going to speak. Like, you're not going to build a billion-dollar by accident business. Like, either you're good enough or you're not. And so I know how this plays out other than the health and well-being of myself and my family, there's no shot I don't achieve enormous business success in my life. I'm too good at it. Yeah, it's interesting though. I mean, because you say that, that you don't care, and I know you don't. And, and, and that, that reptile part of your brain, yeah. I very much admire. Yes. But then I've also gone on Reddit and seen you- Interact in, with in, people. Interact. Um, Do it all Slate the time. said something like 80% of your tweets are freaking replies. Yep. Which, that was staggering stat. I, I have way. empathy 
for people that don't see it my way and I wanna show them, I'm so thankful that somebody consumes my content that even if they say I'm a charlatan and a snake oil salesman, I wanna show the respect of them engaging in my content to reply and have the conversation because I'm intrigued by the insight of what they're saying. I'm in tune with how I'm perceived by engaging with people that started off by thinking I was shit. And I also am empathetic. I'm a pretty funny character in a snippet. Two weeks full consumption, you gotta read, you know, 28 seconds in a stream in the right moment. I'm not super fun for a lot of people. Plus, I'm also a suffocator. I will suffocate shit. The reason I think I'm helping people is I'm suffocating bullshit. Like, like no, this is not the president's fault. No, this is not your boss's fault. Like, this is, you're insecure. And like you're insecure probably because your mom's a piece of shit, so we need to talk about that. That's not a conversation that people are excited about. Like, hey, guess great news. Your boss isn't a dick. Your mom's fucked up. Let's talk about it. Eh, not as interesting. It's much more fun to say my boss is a dick. But that's not what's happening. So let's have that conversation. I'm willing to go there because I think I'll win in the end. I think I'm bringing value. And I take people's attention very seriously and I will never take it for granted. And it manifests in me being a kind guy. It also manifests in me engaging with things that hurt my feelings. So Vayner everything. We're drinking Vayner frickin' H2O. <laughs> Do you guys get this shot? Vayner H2O, we got Vayner Shoes yes. by K-Swiss sitting there. We got Vayner Media, yep. Vayner Beta, Vayner Talent, Vayner Sports, Vayner Smart. Did I miss one? Vayner, you got Twitch channel freaking coming I saw. Um, Vayner, Vayner, Vayner. Vayner, everything. Yeah. The Vayner Sports one is the one I like. Okay. By the way, God, they're all great. Yes. Did I see that you just hooked up with NASCAR? That's on the, on the media, media side. side. Vayner Sports. What the fuck do you know about NASCAR? Uh, I know that they have a lot of branding there you go. To, that they need to do. All over that, that damn car, right? And that there's uh, that they've lost a lot of their biggest stars in the last three to four years. And if they don't figure out how to storytell behind those drivers, less people are going to engage. And that's bad for business. I love the Vayner Sports hook. Okay, I love the idea of what you're saying with with the with the the different folks that you brought in so far, right? About I'm child of the '80s, right? So yeah. it's it's NBA when it's freaking killer, yeah. right? When I loved it, and the individual brands, right? Michael and Isaiah Thomas and all of that. That's why I find it fascinating for you to dip into sports like this. It's a space that we have a lot of permission to be successful in. My brother left Vayner yeah. Media because he's a uh, passionate about doing something that makes him happy and he wanted to leave. It was getting stressful here. He has Crohn's disease. He wanted to feel better. Um, I want to buy the New York Jets. Um, Really? We've never heard that freaking story before. Where's the mom's jersey? Not here. Where is Uh, that? It's at home? Yeah, it is actually at home. I reframed it. It actually looks amazing. Excuse me. My family reframed it for me. Um, I... uh, it's a, we're gonna do some real damage. Vayner Sports is a classic Jerry Maguire sports representation. Yeah. We also do the marketing for the kid if they sign with us. Um, it's gonna be a big deal. It's gonna be a very big business in four or five years. It's gonna, be, it's gonna feel good because the kids are gonna really benefit. We're gonna benefit. I love when both sides work, but most of all, it's gonna put pressure on the system where I think a lot of the agents have not brought enough value to their kids, and I think it's gonna be meaningful. It's football only right now, though. Yeah, but it you're, will, gonna, you're gonna drift. I'm, look, I'm not trying to impose my ambition to always build the biggest building in town on AJ, so I've been a little more passive on that. I, my intuition is yes, but the truth is AJ will make those calls. I think that one's going to just kill. I'm being blunt. I, when I saw that, 
Did it start off at Twitter? Did it, the, the company oh, that you're interested in? Crazy story. We bought a very small firm called Symmetry Sports on the back of a tweet. We weren't even intending to actually run it. It was never gonna be Vayner Sports. It was just gonna be a business that was passive to just learn from, because I want to be a very player-centric owner. When I buy, I just thought it was clever, intuitive. We did it. Uh, obviously, it's now gonna change into something much more real. So here's the thing about you. This is my first time in a room, one-on-one with you. Yes. Okay? We've actually met before. Remind me. You're not gonna remember. We were at Gramercy Park about two years ago. I'm walking to go to a meeting in the morning. I'm not a New Yorker. I'm in New York all the freaking time. I look up and I'm like, that's fucking Gary Vaynerchuk walking towards me, right? Like eight in the morning. And I see you with somebody. You're walking towards me. I'm like, say hi. That's New York. Leave me alone. I oh, fuck it. Hey, Gary, like your stuff. Walked right past you and you kept going, right? Didn't think of it. Then I heard, hey, and turned around. And you go, hey, man, what's your name? I go, Sam. You go, nice to meet you, man. You killing it? Yeah, thanks. Turn and left. And I went, fuck, he's living the brand, man. I got to give him credit. <laughs> Because you did the, you know, turn the charm on. I, I, I could almost see it in your head going, fuck it. I got to, right? It's just, it's, this is what I do. In this room right now, yeah. you've made eye contact with every single person that's working in this room. Yep. I like people, man. Like I, you know, I think the brand became the man. I don't think I'm working the brand. I'm super pumped that my fourth grade friends and my sixth grade teachers and people are coming out of the woodworks. I am not that thoughtful about it. I am tripling down on who I am. I was super charismatic and nice as shit to everybody long before I ever thought that anybody would even know who I was because that's my DNA and how I was raised. So, you know, it's funny. I didn't grab you that way. Like, I, I, I get it. And, and it runs through my mind. Yeah. I'm very aware that there's eyes on me and now it's gotten completely batshit crazy. Like, it's super weird. Like, I was at a, an event at, uh, during the Super Bowl at a club, and I was like, holy shit, a lot of people are like saying, do you know that? Like, stuff that I've done my whole life. Like, oh, there's fucking Deion Sand. Like, it's so surreal. But the best part is, bro, it's exhausting playing a character. I, would, I have the most energy, but I would never be able to win that game because I would have a vulnerability. Well, it comes out. It's going you to come out. You will never win. All this shit does is exposes who you actually are. And so, I just like people. I just like them. Plus, I, I like I like I like looking because I like to learn from it. Like I don't know. It's just it's it's a good place for me. The world becoming more people centric and at scale, that became a really good thing for me, man. Like that really worked out for me, in the same way that it's really not worked out for a lot of people. Yeah, we'll touch on that in a different interview. Yeah, the fact that you stayed true over the twenty years and it hasn't shifted. Yeah. I guess the next time I see you, you'd be like six foot tall. I don't know what else you could fucking change. Maybe you're taller with some lifts, man. Bro, man, if there's a way to get taller, I would probably buy into that shit. You know? Yeah, I mean, look, I think I think this is going to play out. And now it's weird. Now, using weird as, now it's like, now I'm like, shit, man, this is really going to play out, right? Like, like I'm I'm kind of like. We're only halfway through. You're only 43, right, maybe? Two. So 42. I'm like, so I'm like. <laughs> don't do, Dude, come on. You know, I, you got a long way to go. I got a long way to go. Yeah, you do. And honestly, I've got a lot of leverage at a very young age with a lot of upside in front of me. And now it becomes a game of, I really want to be the greatest entrepreneur of this era. And I don't think that comes on making the most money. Though I do think I need to make a lot of money for that throne. Not for any other reason than it is a way to, like, I like it. I like keeping score that way. But I don't, you know, it's funny. I'm making less money the last several years than I did the prior years before that, 
because I'm just investing. I'm investing, I'm investing in myself, my brand, my businesses. VaynerMedia is not kicking me a lot of profit. It's taking up all my time, but it's, I'm building a fucking machine. More importantly, even though I haven't made the financial dollars over the last 24 months, 36 months that I could, my impact is extraordinary and I'm in a totally different place and I'm really impacting people. And that's really cool. Like, you know, I don't think people understand what it feels like when people send you emails about being homeless and now being better or like, like just really, and I really go into emotional places with my entrepreneur talk. Like I go to there, you know, I go there and so I'm enjoying myself tremendously and I'm very, you know what? I'm very aware like that coming back and shaking your hand in that moment, like is a good thing that people will understand that. I almost am having one macro version of that with myself right now. I know that doing all these right things are gonna lead to some pretty extraordinary attempt. I mean, I genuinely believe that everybody on earth will know who I am. I, I genuinely believe that. Well, stay That's, true to you. That's what I would say. Just stay brother, it's on not, that. It's, you have to understand, it's binary. There's just no event. Even like, a, I know even a, there's no event. I mean, I guess I could hit my head, like maybe a boulder, like like maybe, like I'd have some real, I don't meditate because I'm scared to change who I am. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about that, <laughs> but I ran out of time, but you don't meditate. I don't, Tim I Ferriss has not gotten you to freaking meditate. Nope. Or Tony Robbins or anything. No, because those guys are great and everybody can do their thing. I just, I'm so scared to not not be me that I don't wanna go into any, I think my brain is my operating system and I have no interest in playing around because, because when somebody who either knows you the best, like a D-Rock or my family, or somebody that's really dug deep for a couple of weeks, and that and and the person really genuinely, and I could feel it, it's like, hey, don't change, don't let it, like, <laughs> then why would I do something? Like, I'm really careful on preserving it, and uh, and I'm I know that nothing would happen, and I know that's me jerking myself around and having fun, but um. I feel in a very, very good place and I and I really am excited about one core thing. The fact that I've become cool to a lot of young people is a big deal because now I've crossed the chasm into a different place where I'm able to redefine characteristics of coolness that excite me. If I can achieve making self-awareness and patience and gratitude and empathy cool characteristics of an alpha male, I might have a real fucking impact, man. And honestly, I have that audacity. This show is crafted for you by the folks at 11FS. We're building banks for the future. Find out more at 11FS.com. If we hooked you with this episode, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Every star helps. Today's episode was edited by Michael Bailey and produced by Laura Watkins, Ollie Judge, and myself. I'm Sam Mall, and this has been Connection Interrupted. Thanks for listening. Podcast, what's up everybody? Good morning, good afternoon. Hope your run is going well. Hope your dog didn't take too big of a shit because I know so many of you listen to this podcast while walking the dog. Uh, real quick, VoiceCon, May 22nd, New York City, GaryVEE.com slash VoiceCon pod, P-O-D. GaryVEE.com slash VoiceCon pod, P-O-D, all one word. Go to that URL from here. Uh, we are throwing the most important voice conference of the year, uh, the most important voice conference going forward. If you've been watching or listening to any of my content, you know I'm obsessed with voice. Listen, I made my money on email and 
Google AdWords, then I made my money on social. I'm completely convinced that voice is the next frontier and for all of you that are asking me what's next, what's the next big startup, is it Snapchat, what's the next thing? The next thing is voice. Building apps on top of Alexa and on top of Google Home or understanding how podcasts and voice works, this is the event. Get your tickets now, garyvee.com slash voicecon pod.